I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high-quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. everyone welcome to this extra special episode of bitches on comics with vengeance of vampirilla writer tom sniagowski sound might be a little bit different for this one and that's because sarah's the person who edited it not kate kate is a professional sarah who is myself is not a professional or is a professional but is a professional other things on that surprisingly cryptic note this is the episode i hope you enjoy Earth Control Pill is still the person who does the music. Check her out at earthcontrolpill.bandcamp.com. Welcome to Bitches on Comics. I'm your host, Essie Fleenor. And I'm Sarah Century, and today we have a special guest, Tom Sniagoski. Hey, well, how are you? Tom, Tom is here. How did everything start with Vampirilla? How did you first get involved with this character? I met an editor for Harris Comics. Harris Comics had just acquired the rights to all the old Warren publishing material, which is where Vampirella was originally published in the 60s in the black and white magazines. Mm -hmm. So Harris 
had acquired all the Warren material through an auction. So they also published, uh, Warren also published Creepy and Eerie. And I was a huge fan of Creepy and Eerie growing up. And this this editor actually knew nothing about the characters that appeared in Creepy and Eerie. I started talking to her at a convention and she was like, oh man, I can, can you, can you come and help me with this stuff? Cause I don't know any of this stuff. So I had pitched her a bunch of new ideas and stuff, uh, spinning out of the original Creepy and Eerie. And while that was going on, they had Vampirella was already started. And I believe it was Kirk Busick was writing the original run of, uh, of Vampirella. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And he, for some reason, he had to leave the project. He leave the, he left it like halfway through issue two. Mm-hmm. And Melanie, that's was the name of my editor, Melanie Crawford Chadwick. She came to me basically in a panic and said, "Can you pick up this? Can you pick up Vampirella for me? Can you can you do it?" And I was like, "Yeah, I think I can swing that." So <laughs> I that was my very first Vampirella story. Was uh, the second half of issue two of the monthly. Vampirella title, which I think ran for about five issues, and then they stopped that, and in about like 1994, and started Vengeance of Vampirella, and I was on that for uh, 25 issues, as well as like miniseries that spun out of it, and different characters and stuff like that. So that that's like kind of my original Vampirella uh, work was the, right the, the Harris stuff. Yeah, that's it's uh Vampirella has now changed companies, I think. What is it? 3 times? Uh now they're at Dynamite. Yeah, yeah, it was it was originally Warren and then it was Harris and then Dynamite acquired her uh, a couple of years ago. So yeah, so she's now now her new home is Dynamite, which is where I'm doing the new run of Vengeance of Vampirella. And Tom, you took like just a small break, right? Between the, the last <laughs> run and this one, right? Yeah, about, about 25 years. <laughs> Except about for the 10. one series, right? Because you did Vampirella Strikes, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, that was like, that was um, different writers. So I did like the first story arc. And then there were a couple of other writers like David Quinn, I think, was did a story arc. Oh, so right, I only, yeah. I, yeah, I only did I did one arc for Vampirella Strikes and that uh, with uh, the artist was Ed McGinnis. Mm-hmm, yeah. Su- Superman for DC. And I think he yes. does <laughs> Avengers now for Marvel and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who actually lived across the street from me. <laughs> when I moved. Wow. When, yeah, when I moved into when I moved to I live in a, a small uh, town called Stoughton, Massachusetts. <laughs> okay. And when I moved in. I got this call from this kid who said, Mr. Snagoski, I want to do comics. Can I come over to <laughs> your house and show you my portfolio? Oh my God. That's and, so cute. And the rest oh, is so cute. The rest is history. I mean, yeah, I now him, he's I, huge. He's very yeah, famous. <laughs> yeah. I got, I, I got him his, uh, his Vampirella gig. Oh, wow. That's so incredible. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have never heard that story. That is great. <laughs> that is also like the strangest way almost that I've heard of. I've heard some pretty weird people breaking into comic stories, oh, yeah. but that I mean, one is a little bit odd. <laughs> but he was great. But he was great. I mean, he came yeah. over with he came over with the portfolio. We looked through it. I it was really good. The stuff was uh-huh. really nice. We went to lunch. We talked comics over lunch and everything. And then after that, I started working on trying to get him, you know, get him uh, a gig on uh, Vampirella at Harris. Oh wow. 
Um, on the original Vengeance of Vampirilla, you worked with Amanda Connor a little bit, right? I did, yeah. I worked with Amanda on the Death and Destruction run, and I think she might have done a couple of issues even prior to that. I remember that she does uh, She does the Warren Ellis series that I think comes right after the ending of v- Vengeance of Vampirilla. Yeah, I, I, I think she does. I, I don't remember the name of that one, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> how was it coming back to this character? Because I you mean, know what? Twenty-five is. It, it's it's interesting because I did a. Uh, uh, Nick Barucci is the president of Dynamite, and I've known Nick for years and years and years. So he always, every time I talked to Nick, Nick was like, "You know, you got to come back and do Barbarella," and I'm like, "Just ask me. Tell me when you want me to come back, and I'll <laughs> and I'll do it." So I had done a uh, a mini series. Uh, uh, another Vampirella Strikes miniseries maybe about uh, maybe five years ago, maybe six years ago and that was like five or six issues. So that was kind of like my return to Vampirella but then when Vampirella was turning 50 uh, Nick approached me and said, we want to do something special. Uh, How would you like to pick up your from your run 25 years ago? 25 years after the end of your run in that world, your universe, the characters that you created in that universe, we're just going to let you pick up where you left off. How would that be? And I was like, sold. Uh, Yeah. 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 (laughs) Sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There was like, there was like no, not a moment's hesitation. I was like, (laughs) I, I, I definitely have to do that. Yeah. Do you think it's kind of helpful to have a character? Because I mean, you know, Vampirilla has died a few times. In yeah, her yeah, yeah. Um, And it doesn't really get addressed. They're just kind of like, well, you know, or I mean, I guess in Vampirilla Lives, they do kind of be like, she died, but here she is again. And But, you know, obviously, like continuity has changed. So I, I don't know. I was just curious if it's kind of helpful or if it uh, adds or if it's a little bit different even just to uh, have a character that you know, is kind of sans continuity because so much other other comic books are so heavily entrenched. Right. Well, you know, I mean, what made this special for me is because they allowed me to ignore everybody else's continuity and just pay attention to mine. (laughs) So, I mean, that that was that was the coolest thing in the world was just to say, okay, I don't have to fill in the blanks from Warren Ellis's run or Grant Morrison's run or James Robinson's run. I've got only my stuff to concern myself with. So I went back and reread all my run and I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. Ended in a really cool place. And then I had to sit down and figure out, all right, how do I bring her back? Why do I bring her back? What's the shape of the world that, uh, you know, that we left at the end of death and destruction. So yeah, it was really, it was really kind of fun. It was really cool. I think that it lends to Vampirilla having more these kind of concise and epic storylines that get to kind of run the gamut. We see a ton of creators get to do, you know, Vampirilla stories. So there's not, it's, you know, there's just so many different people who have worked on her. So it's oh, always definitely. really cool to see these different, you know, iconic runs. So oh, that's definitely. that's one of my favorite things about it is just to be like, yeah, so there's the Vengeance of Vampirilla run, which is, you know, she definitely dies in and comes back and, you know, goes into future and all of this stuff. Uh, but then there's, you know, the Christopher Priest run, which is totally yeah. different stuff, right? But yep. it still is yep. all Vampirilla. Yeah. Um, she's and somebody it, it, who I think people write, are re- you know, a lot of people write her really well. And I think that that's amazing about her. And I think everybody brings their own little flavor to the character mm-hmm. too. And, I, and, and, and she's a kind of character that allows that. 
Yeah, totally. You know, there's the, you don't you don't mind it almost. You know, it's kind of like she never wanna... seems out of character to me. <laughs> She's yeah, like, yeah. And no matter who's writing her, I'm like, yeah, that's Vampirilla. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh wow. Um. So yeah, I love the so, beginning of the. Sorry, Essie. I love the beginning no, of the new Vamp- Vengeance of Vampirilla series where she comes back from the dead. Essentially, yeah. that's kind of that first issue. I thought that that yeah. was really great. That's. I mean, oh, so good. Yeah. I. It's like it's almost a question, but it's mostly just me being like, "That was cool. <laughs> what was that like?" <laughs> <laughs> Coming up with that because it was really good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, and it, looked, I love and it, it looked really nice too. The artwork, Michael Stamaria was amazing. Uh, Omi, yeah. uh is the colorist; he's fantastic on it. Yeah, everybody, everybody's doing a really nice job on the book. So I, I was wondering, you know, you take a twenty-five year break, just a little break, yeah, just a just, and a, break. just a little tad. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, okay, well, like, did you have to like do some stuff to get back in her mind? Did you like drink a, a glass of blood or like punch <laughs> the wall? Like, how did you like get back to Vampy? You know, what's really funny. I kind of was almost dreading. I was like, oh my god, I wonder if I still have my Vampy mojo, uh, mm. yeah, because it's been so long, and I wasn't two pages in when I was flying, it was kind of like, Nope, I, I know this character. <laughs> I know this world. I know these bad guys. This is fantastic. And it just, it was, it was the, one of the easiest things that I've ever slid into in regards to returning to something that I'd done in the past. It was amazing. It was super, super do, easy. Do you know why that is? I don't know. I, I, you know what, maybe because she was so important to my, uh, my initial comics career that that it was just mm. like it was like almost like coming home you know it was like this uh really special occasion that i get to play with that character again so it was just it was just super super fun oh that makes me so happy i wish so much <laughs> you love her it's like oh yes i'm so happy <laughs> uh, i don't i didn't remember were you the one who created nix or was nix a callback because no, I, I, cre- I created nix Ah, I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah. What what went into the, (laughs) what went into creating Nyx? You know what? It was one of those things where we always talked about the chaos lords and the chaos gods and stuff like that. And I was like, they're kind of, I don't know, abstract, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So I was like, what if we had the physical embodiment of chaos as, (laughs) as, as, as Vampy's like arch nemesis? So slash I, girlfriend, yeah, 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 she crushes on her so hard. She's like in the new one where she's just like Vampirilla is coming back. I'm just like, oh wow, <laughs> I love it. It's so cute. It's just like this character who's full of just you know hate and evil and misery is like, but Vampy, <laughs> nobody is as good as Vampy. <laughs> well, and what's interesting in my in my take is. She re- she's responsible for the resurrection of Vampirella because she's bored. Right, yeah, totally. Right. I know. It's yeah. such a cool. It's such yeah. a cool reason. Like I think, whenever a character is motivated by boredom, I, I think we don't like writers don't do that enough. It's like such a relatable thing. Right? Like, the stupid things I have done because I am bored. I don't think I would resurrect my nemesis. But you know what? Who knows? Twenty five years of boredom, I might. Yeah, I loved how you kind of toy with Vampirilla as being this longer narrative, right? Because there's, you know, in the future, there's these the kid who's listening to the t- stories of the Vampirilla and yeah. all of that. Yeah. That yeah. stuff is really cool. Uh, do you think? I mean, I'm just kind of curious why you feel like Vampirilla is such a resonant character, because this is somebody who's gone through such 
you know, so many company changes, so many creative changes. And yeah, she's just as popular as ever. I mean, there's what, like four, <laughs> four ongoing Vampirilla series. I think there's like two monthlies and then uh, like various miniseries and stuff. Right, right, right. Honestly, I think what I think about the, the I think the character gets a bum rap for one thing. I think initially when somebody sees the character, they immediately think, oh, Jesus Christ, a half naked woman. Oh, great. I mean, that's terrible. You know, they roll their eyes. But I think once they go beyond the look of the character and get into the character herself, I think they see that there's, she's this really strong uh badass of a character that they kind of go oh that's what she's about i thought she was just running around in a bathing suit but yeah i i i, I think i think it, once you get beyond that look you kind of scratch the surface of what a complicated character she can be a lot of people don't give her that credit though they they just go be they just go by the look they go by mm-hmm. the cover of the book and then just skip it from there um but i've actually had a lot of people that have said no trust me read this <laughs> read the character see the character embrace the character um but yeah definitely, definitely. Yeah. you can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything you might shop while working eating or even listening to this podcast and however you shop we all know and love the thrill of the hunt but do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals because rakuten shoppers do with Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, and like, it's funny to be like, I don't want to read this because she's scantily clad and that's right. sexist it's like well you're kind of being sexist saying that like a scantily right. clad woman can't be a badass right like, that's we we've talked about it before in the pod like we love that about vampy there's we like that she wears what she wants to wear it's yeah. her choice to wear the clothing yeah. and you know different routes for the costume but like there, there's a reason and so and- i think that we've always been like 
we we love it like we're here for it <laughs> because she also changes her outfit all of the time like she, it's not like she's always wearing just the one thing she you know there's entire runs where she's wearing like a trench coat the whole time and stuff yeah, like that so i i, I, I gave i gave her the leather jacket that's right the, the she little was short a, the little short leather jacket uh-huh uh, yeah in, totally in the original run and then in this new run she's got like a trench coat uh-huh I gave her the, the trench coat because in regards to the artwork it's kind of got that flowing yeah it's a bat wing type of, you can oh, do yeah. you can 100%. do kind of cool you can do kind of funky things with the shape of the the coat behind her and stuff like that so that was like one of the whole reasons why I gave it to her right and there's a really like 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 you were saying like a bat like feel but also like just a very like it makes her mass larger so it makes her like more intimidating i felt like when she's you know she does one of those superhero landings right like in front of somebody who's like yeah oh no oh yeah because she's terrifying yeah definitely yeah i think that this new series has just been a lot of fun to read i've been having a great time and there's i like a lot of the other vampirella series that are happening so i think that this one kind of gives that it's like a post-apocalyptic and like the world is overrun by demons and then you know the christopher priest one is very you know vampirella living in the city (laughs) kind of thing um i i love the uh team up between it's the jordy belair series the team up between um Red Sonia and Vampirilla that's okay. happening right now. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I think that yeah, Dynamite has just kind of been doing really cool, interesting stuff with her and bringing back uh, you know the, one of the best Vampirilla runs twenty five years later. I think is just a testament to kind of how adventurous they have been with this character and why that's kind of keeping her so interesting right now. I think the different takes keep her fresh. I mean, I think totally. I think it you know because so, some people may not particularly care for one take but they like this take so i think it allows for different tastes and stuff in terms of uh, what you're looking for in the character and i think she ends up having such like a mythic quality because she's so she's like almost like a a goddess you know she has so much around her right that different stories different takes on it like you were saying it makes her so freaking cool like there's a there's a vampy for every occasion there is there is What's one of your favorite runs outside of obviously Van- Vengeance of Vampirella? What with with the Vampirella character? Yeah, I actually I really love the some of the original black and white magazine run um, from Warren. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 Archie Goodwin, uh, I believe it was Archie Goodwin who was one of the DC's top editors, was the writer on on the book then and those are a lot of fun and actually those kind of almost like planted the seed in my brain to do a lot of the kind of things that i did in the in my original vengeance uh run because that's that's when they introduced the cult of chaos and stuff like that so yeah the that that original black and white run uh that archie goodwin did was really kind of cool the art of that whole era, I think, is just gorgeous. Those covers oh, yeah. are so, oh, yeah. so beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, they're beautiful. Unbelievable. Uh, did you grow up on horror comics specifically? Was that one of your first interests? Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> they, um, like the old, uh, the Jack Kirby, where monsters dwell and creatures on the loose. <laughs> right. And, uh, monsters on the prowl. And then when Marvel was allowed to do horror comics, you had Tomb of Dracula werewolf by night mm-hmm. uh yeah that's that stuff was like all always my favorite of uh of the book i love the superhero stuff but the horror stuff was special 
<laughs> we were just talking about how Werewolf by Night is like the coolest name for a character who does not get enough playtime. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like it's it's interesting. It's it's almost as if they were kind of afraid to do it. You know, it, mm. it, it had such a great original run that anybody who's tried to do anything with it after that has never really had the uh, the opportunity to kind of stretch their muscles at all. They're they're always very short lived. They're either miniseries or. You know, mm-hmm. it starts off as a monthly, but they cancel it at issue five, you know. Yes. Yeah. I yeah, remember never, that happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we never, it never gets a chance to get rolling, you know. That's true. Yeah. I remember whenever Marvel did their, I think maybe late nineties did a whole, we're going to relaunch our entire horror catalog yeah, basically. Yeah. And Werewolf by Night was good. I mean, it, yeah, it was like really good, good issues, but it was also just like, they did too much too soon, you know, as comics yeah. tend to do, where it's just like, here's this, 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 and this. <laughs> you yeah. have to buy all of them. And people are like, I'm already buying seven X-Men titles. I can't do this. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was kind of how I think it went with uh, that character, unfortunately. I've, uh, you know, fingers crossed. We're looking for the day. Maybe you'll write it. <laughs> hey, who knows? That would yeah, be cool. Knows? That'd be fun. <laughs> um, you know, I I was thinking about the themes in both like um, – Vampirella strikes and vengeance of Vampirella and I was I was thinking about how like she has this kind of like running theme of like I thought I helped make things better but things are so much worse and, Tom I want to know where does that come from is that, is that how you feel like yeah, you know I, I, honestly I, I, I think that the, the character the character always wants to do what's best but she has a tendency to kind of not necessarily screw it up but Things things are much bigger than she usually realizes, oh. so it re- it requires her to have to do a little bit more than she thought, which is usually very big and operatic and things like that. But uh, yeah, that's 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 what that's what it is. It's always it's much always a much larger situation than than she realizes. Well, I love that theme. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think so often, in, especially in superhero comics. Not hating, just observing. No. Uh, you know, it's like one person saves it all, the end. And I love that Vampy does save it all. And then inevitably, not quite. Not know? quite. Yeah. Yeah. Not quite. Not quite. Still, still some just, things to clean up. Well, and that feels very true to reality, right? Like we don't ever, we're never done with any of the things that we have to fight in, in whether it be like civil rights or like, the dishes like it just <laughs> keeps freaking happening yeah. and we have to learn how to sustain that energy so Definitely. i really liked that idea i also another thing that i wanted to hear your insight on is you know she she talks a lot about fighting her like bestial side yes yeah her i love animal I, side. I love to play with that yeah i was gonna say what is it that you like about it like why does it call to you i think it's i one of uh, it's a theme that i return to even a lot in my novels which is every there's a duality to everybody. Everybody has another side to them that they keep they try to kind of keep under control or buried away. And I think with Vampirella, it's it's when you look at the character, here's this like beautiful um, adventure character who has to keep this monster locked up inside her, or 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 at least be able to keep it on a leash. Right, that's what I was gonna say because like right, it's actually really important for her not to keep it bottled up all the time that that right. side is also what right. saves the world time right. and again well in the in the current run there's a running theme in the new vengeance where she's worried that she's come back missing something uh, due mm. to her due to her resurrection like a piece of her soul might be gone 
and that monstrous side is much stronger than it should be. And she's having a hard time keeping it under control. You know, you said that and it just, I was thinking this when I read it and I just, it gives me big Buffy vibes for when Buffy comes back from well, the dead. I, I wrote Buffy. What? I wrote, the, <laughs> I wrote a bunch of the Buffy novels. I wrote the yeah. video games. Chris, Christopher. Oh my God. And the Angel wrote, series, right? Yeah, I wrote the Angel series with Chris Golden. Yep. Yep. We wrote both the video games. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, oh my God. Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I mean, I think there's something really interesting about this idea of these, these heroes who, damn it, if they don't just want to be allowed to die, right? Like, they're like, just <laughs> let me stay dead. And people are like, oh, sorry, you're the chosen one. Come on back and save yeah. us. Yeah. And like, of, like, there's that resentment. There's there's that that question of like, am I missing part of who I am? You know, part of me reads that as like, it's depressing to come back to reality. And like, you probably don't feel like yourself in that situation. Yeah, I mean, I I think that the, the the reoccurring theme with a lot of those stories is that you're finally at peace. Mm-hmm. You're, you're finally mm-hmm. you're finally able to relax and enjoy yourself and be yourself and be with your loved ones who've passed on and things like that. And then they mm-hmm. yank you back to reality and drop you back down in the middle of the war. Um, that's, I was in that... heaven. <laughs> yeah, I remember that from the musical episode of Buffy. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, that's that's a that's actually a really fun thing to play with. Totally. I mean, there's this moment where Buffy, when she first comes out of the grave, where she's like, "Is this hell?" And you know, first you don't get why she would ask that because you're like, "Well, what? You were in hell." And then it's like, "Oh shit, no, she was in heaven. This is pretty much hell compared to heaven." <laughs> ah! And but Vampy, when she wakes up, she literally is in like the, the oh yeah, the, like, demons, right? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. The, the the world is not a good place right now. <laughs> I always think that Vampirilla is kind of the queen of the crossover. I'm always reading crossovers with her that I think are just so so good. Vampirilla meets aliens, <laughs> just yeah. so so many great ones. Uh, who do you think that you would like to write a crossover with? Oh wow, that's a good that's a good question, huh? What I was just think? now thinking, obviously. Buffy because we just talked about Buffy but now I'm you like know, Buffy, maybe, maybe know, the Buffy? character's from Bone <laughs> yeah oh god I, yeah, I don't think I don't think Jeff would allow that uh, um I don't know Vamp- uh, you know Vampirella Hellboy would be fun oh wow yeah, yeah. That'd be so fun. I can't believe yeah. that hasn't happened actually yeah. now that you say it yeah I mean, and especially since I've written Hellboy so yeah that that would be really fun actually <laughs> who do we need to petition yeah <laughs> Mike Mignola Yes. Okay, Mike. We can do it. Dear Mike, please call us. <laughs> we have opinions. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> so what do, what do you like about Hellboy? I mean, I have so much that I love about Hellboy, but I'm just curious, like what, what to you was like Hellboy, the best part of writing Hellboy? Right. Hellboy, the, the, the thing that appeals to me most about Hellboy is that it touches upon almost everything that I absolutely love in fiction. Uh, monsters, uh, adventure, uh, real like almost like a, a 1930s, 1940s pulp vibe. Mm. I love all that stuff. But all, but the thing that I think I love the most is Hellboy is like my dad. <laughs> Hellboy is a blue collar working class Joe. He gets up in the morning, he smokes a cigarette and he goes and he bites <laughs> him, punches a monster in the face. 
and it's like he goes to work. You should have a lunch pail where you know, with a sandwich, <laughs> a sandwich in the lunch pail. You know, that's it's just in something incredibly uh, familiar and kind of lovable about the character. And I know Mike. Totally. I, I know Mike has talked about his Hellboy being very much like his own father growing up. So I, I think it's a common theme maybe with us, with us people that <laughs> we kind of see our fathers in, in that, in that character. I don't know. Cause my father, <laughs> my father was very blue collar, very working class. Um, and it, I don't know. It, it just, it just, it's just the character. It just seems to be just so incredibly relatable. You, you know what it's like to be Hellboy because he, he's, he's just so disgusted with some of the stuff he has to do. He doesn't want to do that. <laughs> Yeah. I that's you know I would have never come to that on my own that description. <laughs> but like now that you've said it, I will never see Hellboy the same way. Yeah. I think that is part of what makes him so lovable. He's so down to earth. He's yeah. so like I'm tired from working. Like, yeah, well I, I mean, just want to eat my candy. You yeah, know? Well, I mean read his dialogue. I mean his you know Mike's dialogue totally. for Hellboy is is fantastic because it's so normal. I mean, it's so like, ah, crap. You know, that, that's like a famous uh, Hellboy quote, ah, right. crap. Because things just don't ever really go 100% for him. He's not good with technology. It blows up in his hands, oh. usually. I mean, it's it's just very, I don't know, there's just something incredibly relatable about the character. Right, and especially for like a big demon yeah. <laughs> with a giant hand. Yeah. To be so like... I, like there's almost like a teddy bear quality to him. Yeah. Like he's he's yeah. giant and he happens to be a demon, but he's really just like, you know, a normal guy. Just like a average Joe. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> what was working on Bone like? Because I haven't read your stuff. Now I'm going to have to hunt down these novels. Uh, that, the Bone stuff was an, an incredible honor. Uh, yeah. It, it kind of <laughs> came out of nowhere. I mean, I'd known... Jeff Smith and his wife, Vijaya, for a couple of years. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, I get this phone call from Vijaya, his wife, who said, do you want to write the prequel to Bone? And, <laughs> and it was kind of like, excuse me? <laughs> what What did you just ask me? She was like, yeah, we're thinking, we're, we're, thinking, we're thinking of doing a prequel of stories that take place prior to the original Bone series. Would you want to write that? And Jeff, Jeff will draw it, but do you want to write it? So after I picked myself up off the floor, uh, um, I I jumped you know jumped right into that. I mean that was something. There was no way I was going to turn that down. But it was incredibly daunting. I mean, talk about oh yeah. I mean, it was new characters. I mean, it was uh, Big Johnson Bone is the main character in yeah. the original. Uh, he's the founder of Boneville. Mm-hmm. He's he's kind of like a tall tale, like a like a Paul, Paul Bunyan, and you know. Babe the Blue Ox and all that, all that stuff. Um, so the, the stories were incredibly over the top and it was <laughs> super, super fun, super, super fun to do. Uh, but yeah, I was, I was scared. <laughs> I was, I was quite scared doing Bone. Right. Cause it's kind of his baby, right? I mean, I, oh, I yeah. read his uh, Shazam series as well, of course. Oh, that was and, and his Shazam stuff was wonderful. It really was. It was, it's one of my favorites still. Yeah. Uh, I think that it just, it was so good at capturing modern times and that nostalgic feel that you really look for with Shazam. Definitely. Um, 
Yeah, I thought that that was great. But then at the same time, you can't ever top something that's like, you know, Bone, where he just took years and years and years of his life and created this entire world that we can visit, you know? Definitely. Oh, man. I'll I'll tell you, I'll I'll give you a little inside scoop that (laughs) probably no, no, I don't think I've ever told this on a, on a podcast or anything before. Mm, Delightful. When I was writing the original series, I was like outlining the issues and stuff like that and getting ready to start to script the, uh, the very first issue of um, Stupid, Stupid, it was called Stupid, Stupid Rat Tales was the original <laughs> title. Jeff, I guess, made an appearance on a, I don't know if it was a talk show or a, a, a radio, I think it was a radio show, a comics radio show, and happened to mention on the radio show that, yeah, in this story, this is this is we find out how the rat creatures lost their tails. <laughs> now, this was something that I had never discussed. I, I had never heard of this part of the story. <laughs> I had I had no idea. And, and he tells me this, and I'm like, where did that come from? That was ne- that was never in any of the original outlines of, of stuff stuff we discussed. And he was like, Oh, really? <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was. <laughs> So, he just has like the whole story so fleshed out in his mind. Yeah, like, I guess. Hey, you weren't, you didn't read my mind and know yeah. the thing. Yeah, it was, it was, it was something. Obviously, it was something that he must have been thinking about and thought it was kind of funny because it would play up that whole <laughs> whole tall tales thing, you know? Because the raccoons right. don't have tails now, but or, or the current in the bone run, but they, they had these big long rat like tails, according to Jeff. So I had to incorporate <laughs> that into the story as to why they don't have tails anymore. talk about script notes i know i know uh what comics are you reading these days you said that you're still reading tons i read way i read way too much i I, I just i read just about everything from everybody um i'm loving donnie cates's run on thor the new thor oh yeah fantastic yeah we loved the Silver Surfer series that he just yeah, did, Silver yeah. Surfer Black. That was great. Yeah, that was wonderful. That was wonderful. Um, Jason Aaron's run on the Avengers has been really fun. Totally, yeah. Um, I'm enjoying the, the the current Batman run. It isn't uh, like Detective oh, yeah. Detective Comics is a uh, Pete Tomasi. Is that? Is That's that right. Him? Yeah. Yeah. He he's he's doing a nice job. I I love Batman is a probably one of my favorite characters. So I read all the Bat stuff. Yeah, I've, you know, you name it, I probably read it. <laughs> I, I love, love oh, you, you know what I've, know what I really have loved? Joe Hill, uh, Stephen King's son. Yeah. Does a new line of comics for DC right. called Hill House. Right, right, right. And I just read Basketful of Heads, the first five issues of Basketful of Heads, which was fantastic. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I haven't uh, uh, checked it out yet, but I heard that that had happened. Yeah, they're really good. I guess it's like four or five titles, but right. um, I've, I've read Basketful of Heads and I've got the other ones waiting to, to read. <laughs> I, have, I, I, I get way behind because I buy so much. So Oh, same, yeah. To, yeah, I have to uh, budget my time for comic reading. Are, you said that you're working on a novel, yeah? I'm working on like my 40th 
fifth or 46th novel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I saw quite a list on your Wikipedia page. <laughs> um, yeah. I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had no idea. Once again, I uh, come to your work through Vamprilla. So I'm, I'm very delighted to find out that there's so much more to go through. Uh, but I was just curious kind of where you're heading with novels right now. What, where's your work at whenever it comes to that? Um, the last, well, the last novel I wrote was a kid's book called Atomic Frenchie, which is based on my French bulldog. Oh, at, at, oh my God. Time. I already yeah. love it. Yeah, <laughs> I already basically, love it. Basically, it was what, what if the cute little French bulldog that lives next door to you was trying to take over the world? Uh, he's a criminal, like a and criminal. Maybe we should let them. Maybe yeah. we should just yeah. let them. Maybe yeah. it'll be better. You know what? Yeah, you, you are right. You are right. Um, but, Currently, I'm working on a new book with a with a actually with a writing partner, a, a, a new writer named uh, Janine Surrett Acheson is her name, and she's young and fantastic, and somebody who I'm really really enjoying working with on this kind of a supernatural mystery story. I don't want to really give that much more away because it's still right. really, we're still kind of developing mm. we're still developing the uh, the book itself. We haven't sold it yet, but. Uh, we're currently pulling that together, and that's that's been a, an amazing experience uh, working with her on that because she's she's fantastic. But that's kind of been between that Vampirella and the uh, the uh, secret project at Dark Horse. That's pretty much been, <laughs> those have been those have been like the three things that have taken up all my time. <laughs> they yeah, sound two like... secret projects and Vampy makes sense to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, is there anything that you can tell us about where Vampirilla is going from where we're at right now? That's not too spoilery. Uh, I, actually, I, ju- <laughs> I, I just finished scripting issue ten. Oh wow! Yeah, this morning, and we're 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 heading towards this like ultimate confrontation between Vampirilla and Nix. Yes, <laughs> we're, we're, we're definitely getting there, and it's kind of like armies are building on both sides. So yeah. we're gonna get we're gonna get this kind of apocalyptic battle. Oh but, yes! But you but you everybody knows that it's gonna come down to Nix and Vampirella. That's, of that, course. I mean, I mean, of course, that's gonna happen. But uh... you've kind of uh, put yourself in a place where you ended the last run on such kind of this epic note, <laughs> and now you're like, oh, I gotta go a little bit further. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I'm actually bringing back a lot of the. Um, characters from my original run in this Pendragon, one. right? He's been through this oh, whole Pen, thing. Yeah, yeah, he says he Pendragon who's slightly been slightly altered by another character called Passion. Right. I was going to uh, say Passion is such a cool character. Yeah, yeah, Passion was great. So I I thought it was really neat. What if I merged Pendragon and Passion together? So cool. And when 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 Vampy goes in to fight, you know, I'm not going to give everything away, but like some people. Yeah. And and passion goes with her with her little like selves she creates. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Those panels were so cool. Yeah, because um, because they're they're actually living inside passion too. Passion's like this what this huge craft that hovers above the earth. That's uh, something I really like about all the vampy issues that I've read of yours is just you have such a rich secondary cast. So even like the villains are so rich and motivated, like. I love Nix as like, uh, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> like, uh, love that. That's just irresistible. Like, I, I love that. Like, everyone, all the baddies are like, Vampy's back. I'm so happy. <laughs> Should I kill her? 
Hmm. You know, like that's a really delightful run. But then, yeah, Passion and Pendragon are both such interesting characters who make good decisions, bad decisions, questionable decisions. And it's just, it really enriches the storyline. And I think it also reflects Vampirella's own struggle through their struggles. And I I always enjoy that. Yeah. And I also brought back Hemorrhage, which was a villain that I created in the original run. Also. So creepy. Yeah, he's so, really so creepy. He's, he's really creepy. He, he, <laughs> he was he was somebody that I was just dying to get to write him again. He was one of those things that I was like, <laughs> I I got to find the perfect place to bring him back, and I'm going to write the hell out of him when I do. Oh yeah, <laughs> like I you know at first I'm like oh okay someone who can manipulate blood, and then I realized he can manipulate other liquids and like yeah. chooses blood, and I was like. <gasps> he's so evil i love it oh i just want to say the first time vampirella shows up on earth in vengeance of vampirella (laughs) i got chills head to toe yes i was like who damn she is back and it was just such a nice visceral moment and i'm wondering like did what were you thinking when you had her land and, and you framed her that way? What was what was what were you trying to communicate? Well, basically, exactly what you just said. I mean, it's oh, that good. it's that it's that <laughs> it's that badass moment. She is back. You know what I mean? And you want you want the reader to feel that that's something important. That that uh, her being back is going to mean change. It's going to mean things things are going to be really different now that she's back and. Yeah, that's that. That's the whole point of that moment is to, just to convey that, you know, not the savior, but somebody who is going to do something for this pathetic world <laughs> is back. <laughs> yeah. In the whole first issue, she's like barely in it, and then she yeah. pops up like at the very end, and yeah, it's like, she's oh, resurre- <laughs> yeah, she's resurrected at the end. Yeah. It was just so fun. I mean, it's such a fun run. I think I love that. You know, Nyx and Hemorrhage try to call her out. And she's like, no, 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 I'm focused. Yeah. And it was like, it thwarts everything they're trying to do because she doesn't get into their game. And it's like, oh, that's so interesting. Of course she would be that way, you know? How cool. <laughs> but at the same time, she's torn because innocent lives could be lost as a result of her keeping her distance. So totally. there's, that, there's that battle that she has to have with herself as to, you know, do I throw myself into this and potentially get killed again? Or do I plan more? Do I, you know, sit back and figure this stuff out before I make my move? Yeah, I like that dilemma she has to have because she's like, what makes you think Nyx won't just kill me again? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she I mean, killed me. Like, why wouldn't you do it again? I mean, and everyone's Nick, like, oh. <laughs> yeah, well, Nick, Nyx is no lightweight. Nyx is a pretty powerful no, character. God, so, yeah. yeah. Well, this has just been a damn delight, Tom. Thank you so much. It's clear how much you love our girl Vampy. We obviously <laughs> are obsessed with her too. So it's just been super fun to talk about her. Thank you. That was really fun to talk about her. I'm very much looking forward to the rest of the run. And I now have a whole library of stuff that I can yeah. go read now <laughs> that I see that you have written so much. Yeah, I've written a bunch of stuff. I mean, the original novels and I've done some like uh, I did a couple of books with Mike Mignola and yeah. There's a couple of cool things. Seems like you stay busy. I, you know, <laughs> it keeps me out of trouble. 
<laughs> That's what I tell myself every day when I wake up at seven and start working. <laughs> I'm not in trouble yet. Not yet. Um, well, thank you so much. Make sure you check check out Vengeance of Vampirella. Tom's back after 25 years. Vampirella's back after 25 years. It is a run not to be missed. Thank yeah. you. That was fun. Here's a quick question for you. How did you sleep last night? If your battle for a good night's sleep feels relentless, I have the answer. It's a podcast called Sleep Wave with meditations and hypnosis created to help you fall asleep. My relaxation techniques will help you feel calm and ready for sleep with soft music that will help you fall asleep in minutes. Most listeners never hear the end of an episode. So search Sleep Wave on your favorite podcast app and find out why over a million people have fallen asleep to my voice. Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, but more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my two wonderful daughters. In my podcast, Business Dad, I'm hoping to open up the conversation about balancing careers and family. The one thing I constantly hear successful people say, without fail, is that they wish they'd spent more time with their kids. That's time no one can get back. So I decided to create Business Dad to engage in the conversation about how we're spending our time now, providing a forum for successful dads to share their joys and challenges of being a working parent. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier. And while this podcast will talk about business and will definitely be featuring dads, I think everyone can learn something from these incredible conversations as we unpack the expectations we all have about careers, relationships, and ourselves. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.